Blog Talk Radio. Hey, this is Anthony C. Ferrante, director of Sharknado. Hi, this is the voice of BattleBots, Mark Biro. This is Seth Shostak, senior astronomer at the SETI Institute. Hello, my name is Matt Simon. I am a science writer at Wired Magazine and author of the new book, The Wasp That Brainwashed the Caterpillar. This is Frank Joseph. I'm the author of an essay in the latest book, Lost Secrets of the Gods. Hi, this is Linda Godfrey, author of American Monsters. Hello, my name is Robert Salas. I'm the author of Unidentified, the UFO Phenomenon. Hi, this is Nick Redfern, the author of Close Encounters of the Fatal Kind. Hi, my name is Bob Luca. And my name is Betty Andreessen Luca. Hi, this is Jesse Proofus, the producer of JFK, The Smoking Gun. Hello, this is Marty Langford. I'm the director of Doom, the untold story of Roger Corman's The Fantastic Four. Hi, this is Kevin Randall, author of Alien Mysteries, Conspiracies, and Cover-Up. Hi, this is Tracy Roberts, founder of Positive Statistics. I'm Jeremiah Bomek, the producer of The Real of Horror. Hi, my name is Bill Hall, author of The World's Most Haunted House. Hi, this is Micah Hanks, and I'm the author of the book The Ghost Rockets. And you're listening to Emmy on the Graveyard Shift Talk Show, blogtalkradio.com.
of a dying star. From the snow-capped mountaintops of Middle Earth, orbiting above the Earth in a stolen alien spacecraft, the Graveyard Shift Online Radio Talk Show. Now, strap on your seatbelt, get ready to kneel, true believers, because here's your host, Emmy. Welcome to the Graveyard Shift Talk Show, ladies and gentlemen. How are you guys? It's been way too long since you've heard my amazing voice, hasn't it? Welcome to the greatest talk show that ever has been, is, or ever will be. You are here. Here we are, still in the throes of the stay-at-home quarantine because of the dreaded coronavirus, COVID-19. I hope everybody is staying safe, staying healthy, and most importantly, listening and doing what you're told and staying at home. But of course, not everybody is listening to that. Not everybody is doing what supposed to be doing. There are, of course, people who will always be people who are, you know, dissenting in the opinions or whatever that stupid word is, and they're rebelling, and they decide that they don't want to be told what to do, and they don't want to stay at home, and they, they don't care if they're risking their health, except there's a problem with that. They're not just risking their health. They're risking everybody else's health. It's kind of a reason why wearing masks. It's not just because it looks super awesome, cool. It's because it's for your own protection and for the protection of others. It should be kind of a, a, a doy moment. You know, it should be something that isn't really hard to put your, your head around. Now, I know, I know that this show has a very unique audience, and you guys are really into uh, a lot of conspiracy theories and whatnot. Well, I'm hoping to at least put some of those conspiracy theories theories to rest tonight. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to open the line. And some of you out there, I know many of you have things that you want to promote. So if you want to promote your business, and if you have a conspiracy theory that you want to squash, see how I just combine the two things that have nothing to do with each other, but I decided to combine them. You can do that. And here's what you do. You give us a call. The number is area code 516 That's 516-595-8313. And what I'll do is when you call in, I'll, you know, put you in a little holding pattern. And then when I decide to, I'll put you back on the air. You say your first name only. Please give out your last name for your protection. And then you talk. If you have a business you want to promote, you talk about your business. I'll give you five minutes. Maybe. And then if there's a conspiracy, we will do that. So, what we're going to do, speaking of conspiracies, speaking of news stories, we're going to talk about the news, right? Because that's what this is all about. So, we're talking about COVID-19 and coronavirus up in Michigan, Michigan, Michigan. Is that a word? No. In Michigan, demonstrators drove thousands of vehicles, many draped with protest signs, to Michigan State Capitol, loudly protesting Governor Gretchen Whitmer's stay-at-home order intended to fight the coronavirus pandemic. Police watched as horns honked in commercial and private vehicles from around the state, Capitol Avenue, and other streets surrounding Michigan's seat of government. One sign was quoted as saying, Liberty once lost is lost forever. Another one read, Security without liberty is called prison. And then another one in his front lawn had a sign that said, 
Recall Whitmer. We actually do have um, some audio of the protests uh, from our colleagues up there, and I'm going to go ahead and play that for you today. So here's here's um, some audio from that. Let me see here. I have it right. I just found it. Where'd it go? There it is. Here we go. And the governor's reaction we heard a short time ago, Rod. Yeah, Devin, this was supposed to go from noon until 2 p.m. Take a look behind me here. They are still lining the streets. They are still blaring the horns, many with signs saying that essentially liberty and the governor's executive order have little to do with each other. Horns blared as many draped themselves in the flag. Others waved flags from the roofs of their vehicles. There were boat trailers and business vehicles. The drone video from the conservative coalition which organized this rally shows a traffic jam like few here have seen at the Capitol. Organizer Matt Seeley wanted the governor to know. This is government overreach on steroids, and we've got to get back to just following the Bill of Rights, and people need to understand that an executive order is not the law. Tracy Cross of White Cloud drove two hours to be here. We want to end the tyranny. We're tired of hearing the fear. Um, you know, we understand. We're sympathetic to people that do catch the virus and have the virus. But it should not stop the economy. It should not stop people's lives from going forward, you know. Donna Coor of St. Clair employs 300 people, had to lay some of them off, and is deeply concerned about Michigan business. We're afraid that a, another two or three more weeks is going to be devastating, and a lot of good people are going to be put out on the streets because their businesses are going out. The governor so far is standing by her order. I support your right to free speech, and I respect your opinions. I just urge you, don't put yourself at risk, and don't put others at risk either. I was really disappointed to see people congregating, not wearing masks. I saw someone handing out candy to little kids, barehanded. We know that this rally endangered people. We're all in this together. I'm the governor for all 10 million people of the state, whether you support all of the, the policies that I've championed or not. And we've got to all do our part. Well, I, I really can't hear myself think here, Devin, but here is the bottom line. This went national. The governor was on national television today. Coming up on Local 4 News at 6, we'll take a look at that and what that all means. As the Wow. Guys, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it sounds pretty crazy up there. I don't, first of all, I don't understand why anybody would even consider doing something like that. I mean, especially when you realize we're all in this together. We're all trying to um, you know, teach each other and the state thing is not about freedom it's about trying to take at least this is my opinion it's not about taking away your freedom it's actually trying to help you so you are alive and that would help you have freedom period now speaking um talking earlier about conspiracy theories there's actually a story out there circulating i i'm actually not sure what to think of there are people that are sharing news about mass graves on New York Island. In fact, there are stories that circulated, and one of them claims that there are unmarked of the buried in unmarked mass graves by contract laborers, <laughs> excuse me, on an island in New York. Um, our island, one of our largest cemeteries, has more than, more than one million people buried there. Authorities have been, have 
used the site for 150 years to lay to rest on the bodies of unidentified people and residents whose families could not afford a burial. Quoting a spokesperson for the city government who told local news sources continue using the island in that time during this crisis and one of the people who have passed away from COVID who this description will be buried on the island. Actually, you have somebody on the line who is, uh, I, I actually consider her an expert on burials. And she actually uh, works for a very uh, well-known memorial and burial service, Arlene. And she's here in Tampa. Arlene, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well, Emmy. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you so much for calling in. Um, Arlene, if you can, can you give us an, an idea of what, but first of all, what do you do uh, for dignity, and, and what your what is your opinion on the store? Um, I'm a pre-planning advisor for Dignity Memorial, which means I plan um, funerals for people uh, ahead of time, not when they've passed away. Um, and as far as what I've heard about the story, um, I do have family that lives up in New York, um, and actually, every community has a a um, gravesite for those unclaimed individuals. That's that is true. That if people do not claim them, we have to do something with the individuals, and they do go in unmarked um, unmarked graves. And that is that is fact. And that's a very sad fact. Yeah. So then, this is not a rumor. This isn't some kind of conspiracy theory. This isn't tied to like the Wolfman or something. This is a some a very real thing, but it just happens to be a very normal thing that just so happens to be, you know, unfortunately, we we just you know the the the, uh, the public happens to learn about it during this crisis. That's true. I mean, there every single day there are individuals that pass away that are not claimed. Um, but the fact is that we have such a large population that's passing away very rapidly. And the only yeah. thing they can do is they have to bury those individuals, and they, they are. They're, you can see the, the grave sites from, from – wow. um, uh, and it's very sad. It is very yeah. sad, especially up in New York. Now, luckily here in Tampa, we have, um, we have the, the um, stay-at-home order, and it came in, in, in time – so we're yeah. not getting that peak that they got up in New York, um, and our yeah, that's terrible. Our, our government for that, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yes. So luckily here we haven't had that many. We have uh, 17 confirmed uh, individuals who've passed from from COVID-19. We have about 800 cases. Uh, I guess it's over 800 cases now um, mm. that were confirmed in in Hillsborough County. Wow. Yeah. And, and not only that, I mean, I'm glad you mentioned about how, you know, there's been so many that have passed because of this, this dreaded virus. And uh, now just to be clear, so you guys, your company deals with pre-planning. So you, would, do you all have any, um, anything to do with like, no, have you I, been helping I people? With, yeah, with this? I deal with pre yeah, oh, I you do. do. Okay. But no, no, Dignity Memorial does full service. They do from cremation to through complete burials. Um, and in the Tampa Bay area, we have about 17 locations, um, you know, funeral homes, crematories, and cemeteries. So, yes, we, we handle all of that. And, yes, we have had um, some families that 
And, yeah, we're taking all the precautions we can with funerals um, right now. So we're limiting the number of people that can attend funerals. We're limiting how many people can come into a funeral home. You can't just walk in now. You have to right, call right. ahead. So, wow, um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, I yeah, guess, we're, I mean, you're we're taking all the precautions that we can. Yeah, you don't want you don't want to double up on the uh, the coffins there with people getting in there and, and closing. <laughs> no, up. That, yeah, we step. certainly that, don't yeah. want people you know contracting the the illness from attending a funeral. So, no, right, we're, we're being right. very cautious about all of that. And and oh. if we can, we can we've asked you know some families and they they voluntarily um, have postponed memorial services so that they can have their family gatherings when we're when it's safe I've heard- to do so. I'm, um, I don't know if you all are, are doing this, but I've heard that some uh, actually looked into this. Apparently some funeral uh, companies and other areas are doing what they call virtual funerals where they have the, 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 you know, the deceased in the funeral home. Believe and then it or not, we, we've always been able to do that. Um, really? That's one of the, the, yeah. That's one of the things that Dignity has been able to offer for quite a while now is that um, we do um, have an online capability where the family can get a link and if they can't be here uh, and we because we have so many people that are from different parts of the country that move here and pass away and have family left behind or up north or back home however they put it <laughs> um, <laughs> that we can actually send them a link and they, they can view the funerals um, back home and actually participate by uploading memories and pictures uh, as well so this is actually That's- something that we've been doing for a while Wow, that's awesome. I mean, one of the things I was really impressed with um, with the recent um, funeral that I went to for a family member was the, the uh, you know, I mean, the slideshows and how it's how that technology has really, you know, improved. It's it's really become an amazing, really a beautiful thing. It's become an actual, it's not just now you picture stuff. It's become like a, an actual experience, a, almost a tribute to the person. And it's really helped it is, so yeah. much so much in, in just the grieving process for the family. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of people realize there are living, breathing people behind all of that. You know, it's you guys actually take care of those things, you know, and you, and, and it's not just there. That somebody just takes care of it. There are people that actually do that. And without you yeah. all, you know, it won't, it wouldn't happen. I have a question. You were mentioning earlier about unclaimed bodies. So could you give us an idea of what are some of the things that happen if you have a let's say a John or Jane Doe that ends up in the hospital they pass. So how what what is the kind of process that goes around goes Well in, in Hillsborough County they have the their um the medical examiner here that would take care of trying to find the the families and contact them. But you know, the Hillsborough County itself um does you know, take care of um, the unclaimed individuals. But sometimes we've had, you know, funerals that have taken place where the ashes, um, the cremation has been paid for, but then they, the ashes are never claimed, and, and then we are oh, wow. are left holding those. Um, and so we take care of them, placing them in a, in, you know, a in one of those places. receptacle. Right. right. And, and, you know, if there's someone who's a military individual who's, who we can't um, or the family doesn't have the income for, our company will actually provide the funeral and the transportation to one of the national cemeteries for resting. We, we don't charge anybody for that. That's just wow. something that we do. That's really awesome. And what are some of the more 
if you if you could remember what are some, what are some of the more unique um, things that you have done that you have planned for if you if you can remember that. <laughs> you mean some of the more interesting um, celebrations? Yes. There you I, go. I think there you one, go. Of, <laughs> one of the most unique celebrations um, I witnessed was someone who wanted a uh, Irish wake. Um, he wanted uh, shots. I think it was shots of Hennessy um, was set up <laughs> near his coffin, and no he way. had individuals come and toast him. Um, and awesome. uh, then they, after they made their toast, they went back and sat back down. Um, it got very interesting as the shot glass was emptied and the, you know, the empties filled <laughs> I up. It <laughs> I bet it did. If there were a lot of Irish there, I bet it did. Uh, I heard that there was, um, it, that I, I heard that there's like a, a service where you can have you, your, I guess it would be your ashes in the, in a coral reef or something like that. Is that, is that something you guys provide? Yes. Yep. We wow. actually own the, 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 the reef, in, um, it's off of Biscayne Bay, um, called the Neptune Memorial Reef, and that's one yeah. of our cemeteries. It's the only underwater cemetery of its kind. It was wow. constructed to look like the lost city of Atlantis, and you can be so part, cool. part of the, the city structure, or you can be a starfish, or uh, even a mermaid. <laughs> so, wow, that is so yeah, cool. Yeah, we we so take cool. the the ashes and mix it in and, and it becomes part of the living coral reef. It's a wonderful, um, ecologically friendly disposition of your remains. Wow. A that's, wonderful that's way to beautiful. give back to it. Yeah. Um, yeah there's earth, lots absolutely. of different, different ways now. There's, um, you know, you could be a tree. There's, I mean, there's just so right. many different options now. It's not your, it's not your granddad's funeral anymore. Um, <laughs> there's just right. a lot of ways that you could plan uh, your funeral now. And if you well, pre-plan just, um, ahead, then, you know, that's something that you can take care of so your family doesn't have to wonder what it was that you wanted. You can right, do that yourself. Right, exactly. Exactly, because, I mean, some might ask, well, why would we need to talk to you? Well, just exactly what you said. You don't want, you know, God forbid, if the worst were to happen, if a loved one did not plan ahead of time, you know, then, you know, what what is going to happen is you're going to have to probably pay for all that, and you're not going to even know what they would have wanted. And it may not necessarily be what they want, you know. So I, I think what you uh, provide is a very. And a lot of times very, you don't yeah. know. I mean, you never know if you did with what they wanted. And you know, right. one of the things that we we provide is um, free materials that you can plan ahead. You can write it all down. You can have it all recorded, so that when the time comes, all your family has to do is go to your book, pick it up, read it, and say, "Oh, this is what you know, mom, dad wanted me to do." And not oh, only that, helpful. you can pay for it ahead of time. So the family's not paying for it all at once at the time that someone passes away. And wow, that can be a very big financial burden on, on the family if that happens. Sure, I can, I, I can see that. Now, if somebody wants to contact you specifically to do something like this, where could they, where could they reach you? Um, I work mostly out of Skyler's Funeral Home, um, which is over in Brandon. But any of the mm-hmm. dignity locations in the Tampa area um, will provide that service as well. But if they wanted oh, okay. to reach me directly, I, you know, I don't mind sharing my cell phone. It's uh, 813-431-8795. The only time there I don't answer go. is when I'm sleeping. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you will probably get phone calls from very strange people because of doing that. But, and yeah. if you do, I, I apologize. But you know what? That, that's okay. Just get them back by, by selling them. That, that's, all, that, that's what you do. <laughs> just like, hey, by the way, I plan. <laughs> you yeah. plan, right? There you go. There you go. Well, Arlene, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on the air and really help dispel this 
this really terrible myth. I mean, it, it opened my, honestly, I did not know what was going on with the story. I didn't know if it was true or not. I appreciate you clearing the air and helping us understand that it is not as nefarious as some people are thinking it might be. So I really right. appreciate it. It is. That. There's, there's, it's not the mass graves are not um, something that's brand new or something that's, you know, happening uh, for this because of this reason. It's, it's something that happens when people are not claimed. We do have to put them somewhere. So right, that is true. Right. Well, I, I thank you so much, Charlene, for calling. And I hope to hear from you again. Next time, maybe we can talk about something uh, creative on the air. You know, maybe, well, maybe one day. related. <laughs> yeah, sure. That would be wonderful. You know, right now. Uh, hopefully we can get back out there. I'm looking forward to those days. <laughs> oh, me too. Me too. Well, listen, you take care of yourself. You stay safe and you, you and your family stay safe. And thanks again for you calling. Too. Thanks. Thank you so, right, so, so much for letting me on. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is Arlene with Memorial, so you heard where you can get hold of her. So good that she, that she cleared that up. And, you know, I think a lot of this, um, to kind of piggyback on that, I think a lot of these conspiracy theories, a lot of these kind of rumors are in that category. They're in the category that really it's not anything really what they're saying it is. You know, it's not just the mass graves. The pe- people are talking about, you know, the government spraying chemicals over. I, I'm just talking about, I'm not talking about the good old-fashioned chemtrail argument because that's completely different. I'm talking about that people are saying that the government sprayed COVID-19 and that's how people get um, infected. I mean, come on, you know, be a little bit more creative than that, guys. I mean, th- this is ridiculous. If we're not spraying COVID-19 to infect us, if that were the case, Everybody would did every that are now granted it's a lot, but it's not enough to have any kind of credibility to that argument. Now I know the whole chemtrail argument has been around for a very long time, and there was a period, there was a point in time I will admit there was a point in time that I did give it a slight bit of, I don't want to say that I believed it, but I I was like hmm, you know, it made me kind of wonder. Uh, but then I opened my eyes and I realized, you know what? I don't think this is what people think it is. Are they spraying something? Probably. Is it bad? I don't, quite frankly, we don't know, you know, but are there chemtrails? I don't, I mean, I think what you'll, what you're seeing in the air is nothing nefarious. It's just, you know, probably uh, to kill mosquitoes or something. I don't know. I mean, I I don't, I'm not the one flying those airplanes. Okay. You want to call me naive? That's fine. You can call me naive. So there's that. So I'm going to take a very quick break. When I get back, we're going to get on to the business, which is talking about comic books, culture, and more. So we'll be right back, guys. Don't go anywhere. Uh, come in, Houston. This is Apollo X. This is Apollo X. Request special permission to dock with the station. Uh, Roger, Apollo. You are go for station dock. Welcome aboard, shifties. You're listening to the Graveyard Shift online radio talk show. Broadcasting live on blogtalkradio.com slash thegraveyardshift. Follow us at hashtag Show for our Twitter feed. Stay punched in. We'll be back. You can also get us uh, on iHeartRadio. That's a brand new um, way to reach us on iHeartRadio. Just look for the Graveyard Shift. You'll know it's us. You'll see my crazy face on it. So we'll be right back, guys. It started with a small group of builders and diehard fans. Now, it fills arenas around the world. 
in his 20th year, BattleBot is the undeniable, irrefutable, undisputed king of robot combat. It's been 20 years. I'm coming back for the nuts. Some of the most brilliant minds on earth. They're robots more powerful than ever before. With weapons that dish out destruction like you've never seen. again for spelling those rumors and myths about the masquerade. So, moving on to pop culture news. And by the way, this song that you're hearing in the background is to our very good friend, Juan Gonzalez of McPunch fame. He's the one that made this song. So, if you want to check him out, you can find him on Facebook. Juan Punchy Gonzalez of McPunch. I believe he a new album named Since Lord. So just really you know, look up. I mean, he's really an amazingly talented guy. His music never, never fails to uh, to uh, disappoint. Not disappoint. So to check him out. All right. So let's get into the news. I'm sure everybody wondered what movies are coming out next year because, of course, as you know, right now we are in the throes of this quarantine restriction. So the theaters are actually, of course, closed. But this is actually an amazing year for digital entertainment, or as I call it, digitainment. And so uh, one of the things that I have been really just blown away by, by me uh, is how everything has been how people are responding, how audiences are responding to this new way of things. I mean, let's face it, before everything changed and before all this happened, digital 
digicentric, if you will, culture. Uh, we're still connected socially online. We were still getting all of our stuff through, you know, uh, Amazon and Netflix and Hulu and, you know, even Facebook, all that stuff. And what this has done is made that a requirement. So now that is our TV. That is our entertainment. We no longer have a choice to go out and see things in theaters. Now we're seeing them at home. But what it's done is it gives the movie houses and the houses a open eye into the pop culture and to how people you know uh, react things and how one of the things that I noticed is how many of you are fans of animated films I know I am well I love animated films I mean you guys should know that by now I love animated series I love animated films and the newest uh, like really big, huge uh, animated movie is, that really just broke records is Trolls World Tour. And it was something that I never would have guessed in a million years that that would have been be. And many are saying that it changed the industry, and I can't think, honestly, I can't disagree. You know, of course, Trolls World Tour is the sequel to the 20th comedy Trolls made $346 million. And, you know, of course, we have a lot of great songs from that. Can't Stop the Feeling, you know, Hair Up, and, you know, D-A-N-C-E. And what happened, what's been happening is, if you notice, if you go on Amazon Prime now, you'll see that there's your usual channels, there's your usual thing that you can rent. But there's also movies that are that are called in-theater purchases. And in Troll's case, in theater rentals, trying to new. So for 19.99, which is basically that's the price of a movie ticket, you can rent and watch Trolls World in your home the same day it was planned to be released theaters. Now that's a very important thing to uh, realize. It really has, and it's. I guess they were using it as a way of testing. Things were going to go well. It it really it it surpassed it. I mean, um, this is the first time that a major studio film that everyone knew was going to be a, a cakewalk in in the in the sense of making money for especially Universal was being released directly to consumers at home. And it's not just a stopgap to you know to save off the the financial loss of the pandemics, the pandemic. Excuse me. Um, it, they're really trying to test this. I think they've been wanting to test this. And their marketing for it has been just unbelievably just it's all over the place. And I, I mean, if you haven't, I haven't seen it yet. So, because, you know, I don't want to spend $20 just to rent something. So I was kind of, kind of waiting until it becomes, you know, available, available. But basically, it's about the queen of the top trolls and she's trying to unite all the troll tribes. And there's one tribe that is kind of wanting to take over called queen Barb, who's being played by Rachel Bloom. Um, and she's the hard rock troll queen. And, you know, of course I'm sure there's going to be a lot of, you know, really cool songs. I mean, of course, Justin Timberlake is still in there. 
He's playing, you know, just a branch. He, um, and I don't know. I can't wait to see it. I, I heard it was, it was a, a really good movie and I can't wait to see it. But the fact that it's doing so well um, is really just, I, I think it's telling. I think it, it shows that the test has worked and um, I think it's worked in a way that, you know, um, that is, it shows how things are going to be for the future. So if you haven't seen it yet, you should, you should see it. And by the way, when it opened, it was number one on Amazon prime, which is unheard of. And, you know, I mean, it's unbelievable. the The movie itself was budgeted for about a hundred million dollars, and sure, when the, the numbers actually come in, um, it's going to be unbelievable. Like, basically, the only places that were playing this thing were drive-in theaters, and they were raking in about four thousand for you know Friday and Saturday. Now, that's just the bulk of all open theaters, and I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but just to give you an idea. Netflix's reality show, the reality uh, documentary Tiger King, had 34 million unique views on its first 10 days. Now, Avengers Endgame got close to that from theater patrons in its initial weekend. Disney Plus reported it reached 50 million worldwide subscribers. Now, listen, Netflix has three times as many, okay? That just gives you an idea, guys, of how much this, this digitainment thing has really just just blown everything out of the water. So my prediction is that instead of seeing things in theaters, people are still going to go, especially we're going to see a temporary um, splurge after this. I think what's going to happen is we're going to see a temporary, just massive, explosive financial splurge of people just leaving their homes and just spending money on all kinds of stuff, you know, movies, theater, stand, even stand-up comedy um, anything they can just to get out of the house, but that's not going to last because the minute that they can find out that they can see movies digitally, it's going to come back. So let's talk about those movies that are coming in 2021. So we know that Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat is coming January 15th. So that is reboot and it's slated to be released on January 15th. Simon McQuaid is taking on the directorial debut, and it's got a pretty nice mix of American and Asian stars. Um, so hopefully it'll be good, but I don't know how it's going to be better. For me, the Mortal Kombat movie of 1995 is the best one. I mean, I'm sorry. It just, it's, hard to, it's hard to outdo that for me. I know the acting was corny, but I didn't watch it for the acting. I watched it because I wanted to see Sub-Zero fight Scorpion. And, of course, there's going to be a Peter Rabbit sequel. Why? Peter Rabbit to the runway. It, the runaway is going to set, was set to hit in April 2020, then August, but now it's been rescheduled for January 15th in the U.S. So that should be interesting. Marvel's The Eternals will be the lead film to kick off 2021 for Disney. While fans may lament that Eternals isn't getting the holiday season blockbuster release, it's going to get some kind of release in 2021 and let's hope that will be something it's going to be releasing february 12th so listen just remember black panther did really well in that february slot so don't be too sad and let's hope 
give it justice because the Eternals it was a really good comic book series. If it was and it, and as far as them doing it in movie form, I'd be interested to see how they handle that. I mean, they did talk about you know uh, Adam Strange. They 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 you know, teased him in the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. We'll see what happens. You know, if you if you look at the end credit scenes for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, you'll know what I'm talking about. The next Marvel sort of anti-hero to come out, Morbius, is coming out March 19th. So Morbius is basically a vampire. That's what he is. So he's kind of like a superhero sort of vampire. Um, I actually got introduced to Morbius when he was part of the Spider-Man universe in the Spider-Man animated series of the 90s. So that's how I got introduced to him. But it should be interesting to see how they handle him and the movie. Also that same time, March 19th, is going to be Tomb Raider 2 and Paranormal Activity 5. So that should be interesting. So also, Bob's Burgers. Yes, the movie Bob's Burgers is coming out April 9th. I don't know why they're doing a movie of Bob's Burgers. I mean, I realize that they did a Simpsons movie, but that was different. Simpsons was a global phenomenon at the time. And I don't know, Bob's Burgers is really famous, it's very popular, but I wouldn't put it in the global category that the Simpsons was. So I don't know, I, I think it'll be awesome, I'm really looking forward to seeing it, but I just don't know how they're going to handle it. The next Marvel Studios movie that's coming out, which is like an, an Asian lean to it, is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Now this is going to be Marvel's bur- big first martial arts superhero action flick, and hopefully it'll arrive in time. Hopefully, if they do it the right way, it's going to be a big game changer, so we'll see. And, of course, everybody's favorite Hawaiian superstar, Keanu Reeves, is coming to you May 21st twice. He's going to come to us with Matrix 4 and John Wick 4. So, of course, everyone knows May 21st is just going to be forever known as Keanu Day. So, man, I'm looking forward to that. And, of course, it's coming out with Cruella. There, I just don't know why. Why are they doing this? What, what Emma Stone looks great, but uh, that's coming out. So, yay. Another live-action 101 Dalmatians. I don't understand why. Okay, just Jurassic World Dominion, June 11th. Now, this is the third film in the Jurassic World franchise, and it's bringing back original stars Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and Jeff Goldblum. So I'm hoping this will be it. The dinosaurs are going to have to eat them at this point. So now remember, at this point in the series, the dinosaurs are roaming free in the wild of America. And human cloning is a thing after the twist ending of the last film, with Jurassic World 3 having been in production when this pandemic hit. So here's hoping that things get completed in time. And of course, the big one, the big movie to come in June, late June, The Batman, starring Robert Pattinson. I, I just... I don't know what they're doing with this. I really don't. I, I'm, I'm concerned with many of the images that I've seen. I uh, just don't know, guys. I don't know. And, of course, there's going to be one more Indiana Jones. Don't know why. They should have just... It stopped with Last Crusade. That's where it should have ended. But they're not stopping, so... There's going to be another Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones 5, which is going to hit theaters July 9th. So hopefully, hopefully George Lucas is going to leave the script to some other professionals and please, no aliens, please. 
Marvel's Spider-Man 3 and Space Jam 2 will hit on July 16th. So, Tom Holland will be Spider-Man. And, I don't know, we'll see. I mean, LeBron James is, is involved in reviving the Space Jam franchise. So, I don't know, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. So, there's a lot more stuff happening, but... Um, that's all for right now. So on to the world of TV. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season finale is coming up with a, or excuse me, series finale with its seventh and final season, which will feature an Agent Carter crossover. Um, Enver Glukvag will be reprising his role as Agent Daniel Sosa. And fans are extremely excited to see the actors return to Marvel. Now, this movie, this news were broke just one day after a teaser and new poster were released for the Marvel show's final season. So, Clark Gregg is really excited about this. He was quoted as saying, thrilled that we can finally share the hashtag Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. S.7 time travelers cross paths with the dashing and dangerous Agent Sosa, played by the equally dashing and nearly as dangerous, the real Enver Agent Carter, Greg wrote. So that should be interesting. I'm looking forward to that. And in other news, the Clone Wars, excuse me, the Mandalorian documentary series is coming to Disney Plus. So if you have a Disney Plus account, get ready. You don't have to wait long for another great docuseries. By the way, if you haven't seen it yet, you need to see the Imagineering story. It's amazing. There's a new eight-episode documentary series that follows executive producer John Favreau as he invites the cast and crew of The Mandalorian to share a look at what went into the making of the groundbreaking program. Each episode of Disney Gallery will be pulled back the curtain on a different aspect of The Mandalorian, showing everyone how the first live-action Star Wars series came to life. There will, of course, be never-before-seen footage and roundtables with the creative team. Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian, is an opportunity for fans of the show to take a look inside and get to see a different perspective and perhaps a greater understanding of how The Mandalorian came together and some of the incredibly talented contributors through season one, said Favreau. We had a great experience making the show. We're looking forward to sharing it with our fans. And of course, Bill and Ted being excellent to each other. If you're waiting for Bill and Ted Face the Music, you don't have to wait that long because you can do coloring pages. I'm going to share this with you guys right now. And let me see. I'm going to share it on this graveyard shift. You can color pages of Bill and Ted. They released coloring page, coloring book pages provided by La Borinquena creator Edgardo Miranda Rodriguez. Orion Pictures has you covered with this. So uh, this is going to be like 30 years after they graced the, the, the hits, the big screen with Bill and Ted, um, the latest Bill and Ted movie. So I think it's kind of cool. You know, you get to uh, color. You have to remind yourself that's not a, that's not the TARDIS. That's the, the phone booth from, from Bill and Ted. It kind of had me thinking, wait a minute, that looks just like a TARDIS, sort of. Oh, no, no, it's Bill and Ted's phone booth. So enjoy coloring that and be excellent to each other. National Anime Day is today, April 15th, and both fans of the medium and companies alike are coming to social media to share their love of the television series, movie, and manga that helped give all of us some of the biggest stories and characters in pop culture history. With any series that categorizes itself as anime being celebrated, there are fans of Demon Slayer, Dragon Ball, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Sailor Moon, 
and countless others arriving to share their anime their recommendations of animation, fan works in love with their favorite series. So what anime do you want to celebrate as part of National Anime Day? What is your series to date? I don't know what to call my favorite series. There's so many. I mean, I guess I would say Dragon Ball Z. But, I mean, that would just be an easy cop-out. So, I mean, it's just so many. Naruto, uh, you know, Demon Slayer is, is awesome. Um, One Piece, of course. Um, you know, believe it or not, I like Toriko. I know, I know a lot of people make fun of it, but I really like Toriko. And, uh, of course, the first one is uh, Okami Shonen Ken, which is a very old one. If you don't know that one, you've got to look it up. And, of course, Lupin. Lupin, the, 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 come on, that, that's like a classic if you haven't – I'm not even going to say it. And, of course, Gurren Lagann, possibly one of the greatest anime series of all time. I mean, it's just – you've got to see it if you haven't seen it yet, okay? It's just come on. Hunter, Hunter, great, great series. So happy National Anime Day to all. So because of that National Anime Day, Toonami changed their schedule. So what happened was um, they, let me see. Toonami shared the upcoming schedule change and letting fans know that the classic anime series Paranoia Agent would be added and shaking things up a little when it comes to the overall roster of anime shows on their block. So what they're going to do is if you just look on the tsunami schedule, you'll see what the new schedule is. And that should be really interesting. In other news, we were talking about Mortal Kombat earlier. Bruce Campbell cast doubt on whether Ash is going to be a DLC. So there's, there was a leak and you know, many were doubtful about the leak's accuracy, but named Shadowstone, Joker, Spawn, Sindel, and Nightwolf, all of whom came to the game. The league also mentioned three other characters, okay? Shiva, Fujin, and Ash Williams. Now, at the moment of publishing this league, there's been no word the latter three characters. I suspect this will change when combat pack number two is revealed. So now it looks like one of those three will actually not make it to the game. Speaking to fans cited, Ash Williams Dr. Bruce Campbell revealed that he, while he can't confirm the character will or will not come to the game, he thinks it's unlikely. Why? Well, he hasn't actually heard anything about it. Quote that saying, I probably shouldn't emphasize yes or no because I don't know Campbell. I have been told if it is not through my agent or proper channels, then it usually means it's wishful thinking. Continuing the quote, the reason why it may not happen, just so you and the rest can know this, a lot of time for legal purposes, that character cannot appear in other things because of the license. If you can't make a deal, that character is just not going to show up. So I'm hoping that's not the case. I'm hoping that he will show up because I think it would be so awesome to see Ash show up in Mortal Kombat. I mean, come on. Who does not want to hear Ash, Ash say, you know, this is my boomstick, among other things. Come on. I mean, I know I want to. So that's the news for today, gang. And what I'm going to do for the rest, for the remaining few minutes, I'm going to give you my review of something that I finished watching recently. Um, and that is Picard. Okay. I, first of all, I, you guys know already that I am a huge Star Trek fan. Okay. I've always have been. I always will be. I was not overly impressed with Picard. As a series, it started out great. 
I loved the premise. I loved seeing the cameos. I loved seeing, you know, everyone did a wonderful job. There were some half okay acting in some parts with some people. I won't mention names. But the story got ridiculous. And I mean flat out ridiculous at towards the end. Now I'm going to say spoiler alert. I will once again say spoiler alert. I am going to be discussing parts of Picard that are towards the end of the show. If you have not seen it yet, this is now the time to stop listening to the show. I am going to once again Spoiler alert. Okay, I said it. That's enough time. So everybody knows that during the show, during the story, uh, Admiral Picard goes to look for the other clone. The other, you know, Data had these two daughters and uh, that were sort of daughters. I mean, they, they were created by Bruce Maddox, who was uh, from Starfleet, and he used Data's, you know, whatever positronic DNA or whatever they said to create these these two siblings. And apparently, and, you know, they, of course, found out that there was uh, a sect of Romulans that were even deeper and darker than the Tal Shiar called the Vat Josh Vat or Vat Josh or I don't remember what they were Vat Josh, but the Jat Vash. There it is. Jat Vash. And, um, you know, they were basically anti synths And, uh, you know, of course, there's a lot of racism in this. You know, anytime you watch Star Trek, you always get into the whole. Um, ethics thing and the whole, you know, they'll either do politics or they'll do racism or they'll do sociology or, you know, I don't know. It's just, it depends on the, on the writer, depends on the episode. Well, this particular show had a lot of different things that they were discussing. Most of it is racism and, and, and hatred and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Now that part of it, I have no problem with. I actually think they did a really good job there. Um, I love how they integrated the Borg and kind of made them a little bit more, I don't want to say realistic, but I'll say practically realistic. It made it a little more understanding about what the Borg are and how the whole process of deborgifying them, how that happened. Loved seeing Hugh again after so many years. Um, I could have done without the Vulcan Jedi, you know, that young Vulcan Jedi. I, I mean, I, I get it. The guy was a great actor, but I felt he was so hero. He was so much, he was doing so much hero worshiping of Picard that it was hard to care about him that much. You know, I mean, I really didn't, eh, I was like, man, okay, he gets hurt. I mean, I don't want him to get hurt, I, I, eh, but I could do without him, you know. Um, Seven of Nine was great. I mean, Jerry Ryan was amazing as always. You know, she hasn't lost any of her touch. She still got it. Jonathan Frakes, you know, um, and of course, you know, Troy, um, who was, was just amazing. Um, and, and just to see everybody, you know, there. And of course, the, the surprise cameo for all of us towards the end was Brent Spiner. Well, I mean, he kind of did a cameo in the very beginning, but that was more like of a dream cameo, so it didn't kind of count. So this time it wasn't, and he actually, we saw him in the flesh for once. And that was really cool to see him doing that. He was actually able to get on camera without makeup. I'm sure he was really appreciating that. Um, but that up until that point where when Picard got to the, the home planet for all the synths, they still kind of had me. I was still invested. Then it got stupid. When Picard – now, we all knew that Picard was 
either going to die or there was going to be some kind of dramatic last-minute medical rescue like they always do in this series. So that's what we were expecting, except it didn't happen. Like he had that weird abnormality in his parietal lobe, right? They were building that up. They were building up his death or at least something like that, and then they cheapened it. They cheapened it. What, is, what ended up happening? He died. Then we had that emotional crying, and everybody's crying. Oh, he's dead. You know. Okay, so we, this is closure. This would have been a beautiful way for the, for the character to go, especially knowing that he had such a close connection with Data and artificial life in general. He was always, always a, a, a defender of them, especially Data. So for him to die defending them, it's, it's just, it comes full circle. It's perfect. And, you know, the way that they, then now what did they do? Then he didn't die. I thought it would have been awesome if they ended it with him having the scene, talking to Data, and then dying. I think that would have been just really the right way to go, the perfect way to end the, the episode and the series, and that's it. But no, of course not. They want to keep it going because it makes money and, you know, probably Patrick Stewart doesn't want to kill off the character, probably. You know, so what did they end up doing? They ended up killing Data, which is like, I actually respected Data more in this series than I did him. Because what did they do with Picard? They put him inside some kind of synthetic body and apparently he was okay with it. So now they've basically made Death irrelevant. Why wouldn't they want to do the same thing with data. Why? I mean, I realize he asked not for that not to happen. Um, that should have been an eye opener for them. Character wise. They should have thought, you know, man, maybe I need to die too, but they didn't. So now it's like death is basically, there is no death. You know, it's, it's basically like team four stars, dragon ball series where they said, you know, anybody can die. Who cares? We can just bring them back with the dragon balls. So I don't know. I don't know how they're going to salvage this, but I guess we'll find out. So anyway, guys, that'll be it for me. I want to thank you for listening to The Graveyard Shift. Make sure to keep us on, subscribe, and follow us on iHeartRadio. We are finally on there. I want to thank iHeartRadio for for adding us, and we will see you next time. This is Emmy, and I'll talk to you guys later. Peace.